and grow closer to Him during that time. Let it be a growing um, and a humbling time to spend with Him. I loved my journey. I. I really got to know the Lord in ways that I hadn't before. I learned to rely on Him in ways I hadn't before. And so I enjoyed the waiting time and the journey. Yes, I got impatient at times like anybody else, but it's just the wilderness time where He's building and preparing. The wilderness is not a bad place to be. We'll talk about this and much more today. Welcome to a Writer's Day podcast. Hi everyone and welcome to my podcast. My name is Ruth Douthit and this is a Writer's Day podcast, a podcast I started for you. Those who want to learn more about the writing craft and those who want to listen to published authors talk about their writing journeys and their newest books. So welcome. And I have some big news with this first podcast episode in the month of March 2023. Wow, I can't believe it's already March. My new book, Peter and the Dragon Forest, my first picture book for kids, releases today. Yay! So it is now available out there to the world on Amazon right now for any aspiring princes and princesses. <laughs> this is the perfect book for them. And it has vivid illustrations that I did and my husband did too. He's a very established illustrator. He worked on the film Anastasia. I think you and your kids will love it. It has a very uplifting, positive story about what it means to be a prince. And Peter learns the hard way that being a prince isn't exactly what he thought it was going to be. So be on the lookout for Peter and the Dragon Forest, my first picture book. And if you sign up for my newsletter today at artbyruth.com, you will hear more about my new releases coming up and be involved in book giveaways. I give away fantasy books or romance books, or suspense, thrillers, all kinds of books I give away each month. And so when you sign up for my newsletter, you can join the giveaways and also hear more about um, promotions over at BookFunnel. I always love to enter my books into promotions at bookfunnel.com. So check those out. You can actually download free books for kids there, free Christian books, uh, fantasy books, all kinds of books at bookfunnel.com. So check that out. She is an author who loves a good story and has been telling stories since childhood. She has a passion for women to truly know intimacy with their personal savior, Jesus. So even though she writes psychological thrillers, she still puts her passion for Christ in her stories. How amazing is that? Jessica R. Patch has been writing and publishing for the last 15 years. And today she joins us for her newest book, A Cry in the Dark. Now she writes for love, uh, love inspired suspense books, but now she's also writing other books that are psychological thrillers. And I'm excited to have her here with us today to talk about A Cry in the Dark. So you know the drill, grab your favorite beverage, a comfortable chair, kick back and relax as we listen to Jessica R. Patch talk about her newest book. Hi everyone and welcome back to our Writer's Day podcast and I am really excited for today's topic because we have Jessica R. Patch with us. Hi Jessica. Hi, how are you? Good and we're going to talk about your new book, A Cry in the Dark. 
because I love this genre. It's so fascinating and I'm always amazed how authors can put together such an interesting story and yet have some romance and thriller <laughs> and stuff. So first, tell my listeners a little bit about yourself and then we'll dive into this book. Okay, well, um, I'm Jessica Patch. I live in the Memphis area and I write love-inspired suspense for the Love Inspired Line with Harlequin. And I've been writing for almost 15 years, and this is my second trade-length book with their new-ish <laughs> love-inspired trade imprint. And so that's why I get to write psychological thrillers, because they have a host of uh, genres that they're looking for. So this fit the bill for them. So um, I'm married. I will be married almost 30 years uh, in May. And my kids are grown, and I have a Boiled rotten little tri-colored Sheltie, a little Shetland sheepdog, and he is in here with me. Now Aww. I don't think he's gonna bark, but he is always on duty. So I can't promise you you won't hear a bark during this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and that's okay, because I have a little dog. I lock her out of the room when I podcast, but she goes outside and barks sometimes. So you might hear her too. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's great. Welcome. And have you always written? Was it something that you've did you've done since childhood or I have. I think I've always been a storyteller. Uh from from young age, from playing um baby dolls. You know, I didn't just dress up baby dolls. I didn't just dress up Barbies. I had to give them names and backstories and you know, soap operas and and so days I would just continue the story. And then as a younger child or junior high-ish, I can remember uh, sitting at the lunchroom table with my girlfriends and whoever their crush was, <laughs> I would spin a story and everybody wanted a story because, you know, I had the happily ever after with whoever it was they had a crush Aww. on. <laughs> and then I started writing a little bit in high school, but it never honestly crossed my mind you're a storyteller, you're a writer, you should write. That didn't come until about 2004. Wow. And I discovered a little bit before then I discovered uh, the Christian or inspirational fiction. I didn't even know that was really out there. And I was reading a, a book by Kristen Heitzman. I love Kristen Heitzman's books. And it was her um, still of the night book. Ugh, it's still one of my favorites. And I thought, oh, Lord, as I prayed, Lord, this is this is something. And just through prayer, it kind of came together. And I saw the fingerprints of God over my life that he had made me a storyteller. And it was time to begin writing. And I would love to tell you, I wrote a book and it happened overnight, but that is not the case. <laughs> I am not a unicorn. It did not happen that way. It took a lot of work and preparation. But looking back, I see how um, God had fashioned that for me. So yeah, when you look back, do you see how his timing was perfect? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I find that too. And I, most of the people I interview, the authors I interview have the same story. It does not happen overnight. I mean, <laughs> even with JK Rowling, it didn't happen overnight, you know? That's right. That's right. <laughs> that is so true. And what a legacy she's left behind for mm -hmm. generations to come. So that's right. So you wrote for friends, you 
found out you were a storyteller, but what drew you to this genre? I mean, did anybody kind of look at you weird? Like, oh, you want to write <laughs> psychological thrillers? I mean, <laughs> <laughs> in fact, most people are like, you know what? I see it. You know, that I grew up with friends I grew up with, family. Um, I think my love of mystery started very young with Scooby Doo. That was my absolute most favorite cartoon. I watched it every day and just continually. I love solving mysteries. I think we're we're built to um, search for mystery because God is mysterious. He works in mysterious ways. And um, I love solving puzzles. I love to play the clue board game. Everybody's all about Monopoly. And I'm like, no, ma'am, we are going to get the rope mm-hmm. in the conservatory with the butler. We're playing clue. And <laughs> My mom was an avid reader of mysteries as well as my paternal grandmother. And so I just read all of their books. And so I was hooked on it. So naturally, I would gravitate um, toward writing what I enjoyed reading. Neat. And that is important that you write what you would like to read as well. That's great. Now, it's funny because we do have something in common because I love reading about serial serial killers and I love the clue game as well murder mysteries and where I work we sometimes do murder mystery games online because we are we're all remote now oh fun so I'm in the process of writing a new murder mystery game that we'll all play and uh, a lot of my friends are freaked out as to how well I write these things and stuff. I say, I watch a lot of these documentaries. <laughs> I'm but twisted that way. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I get you. And I think that's neat. But is it possible to write a book about a serial killer and an FBI agent hunting the killer and still make it, you know, add those Christian principles in there and still make it like a, a love story too? Absolutely. And my perfect example is the Bible. God does not sanitize the people. He doesn't approve of depravity, but he doesn't edit it out. So when we get to books like the book of Judges and we see um, the abuse and, and a husband chopping up his wife, obviously God does not approve of that, but he didn't edit it out. And we see him working his redemptive purposes through these depraved people, through real people who are flawed and broken in real time and places. And I just kind of think, you know what, if God's not going to edit it out, then I'm not either. And God is a God of justice. And we crave justice, don't we? Yes. And I love that about writing the story you write, um, the darkness gets a moment, like it's, it looks like darkness is going to have victory. And sometimes it is very disturbing darkness. And, um, then we see the light of Christ shine. And we see that in this book, especially because it is about people who are in dark, seemingly hopeless, helpless places and God reaching down and them reaching out to be rescued from those dark places. And there are a myriad of, especially women in the story that desperately need rescuing. And the Lord is our savior and he will pull us out of dark, miry places. And that's the beauty of this book. And yes, a light romance as well. So tell us about A Cry in the Dark. I'm fascinated now. Okay, well, A Cry in the Dark is the second book. It can be read as a standalone, but it is the second book in my Strange Crime series, which follows a fictional FBI unit 
and the, their expertise is tracking down serial killers who have uh, religious undertones or religious ritualistic undertones to their crimes. And this is Violet Rainwater's story. You're introduced to her in the first book, Her Darkest Secret, and she has a lot of mystery surrounding her. And this is her story of trying to discover her past and how her past is going to intersect with a present day case that she's working in a small Kentucky holler where no one wants to share anything. And what they do share is usually a lie. So they're trying to track a, a really brutal killer there in the holler. And Violet's a very interesting character. I really, I really liked writing her. She was difficult to write, but I enjoyed doing it. What was your inspiration for this story and for Violet? Well, when I wrote Violet, in um, her darkest secret, she would just pop on the page. It whatever she said or did was was just going to be as new to readers as it was to me. It was it wasn't plotted <laughs> or planned. But when I recognized what her background was, um, a dear friend of mine had a a similar background of being conceived from a brutal attack, uh. and what God did in her life and how he used all of the pain that she felt so much pain, so much feeling um, undervalued um, for her. In her case, she was adopted and had a loving, wonderful family. That is not the case in this story for Violet, but the circumstances were the same and some of the same thoughts and feelings they had about being unloved and unwanted and not being conceived in love uh, were very similar. And I just wanted to explore that and share that it doesn't matter how we're conceived. God loves us and has a good plan and purpose for us. Mm, sounds so hopeful for the readers. Do you really want the readers to walk away from your stories with that sense of hope? Absolutely. I, that's what I write for. I write the message of hope and there will always be hope in every book that I write because Jesus is our hope. And mm -hmm. I can't imagine a world where we didn't have hope. Mm, that's right. That's what separates us from the world, right? We mourn, we may grieve and mourn, but we have hope. So the male, the detective, John Orlando, what was your inspiration for this character? <laughs> John was super fun. He makes his introduction in the first book, Her Darkest Secret, for just a moment when one of his missing persons cases, he works for the missing persons as a detective with the Memphis Police Department, their missing persons unit. And his case connects with the crime that they're dealing with in Her Darkest Secret. And you see that John actually knows Violet. And the whole team is kind of like, how do you know him? And she's like, what? I know people because she's such a mystery and she's so private. They were just like, what in the world? So he's only on the page for maybe a couple of moments. And I thought, you know what? I want to pair her with him. And so he comes to the holler because this case also intersects with what he believes uh, might be the same killer who uh, mm. killed his wife when she was undercover in the holler with the DEA. Ooh, wow. So there's the tie-in. I'm always telling folks to make those connections. And there's that connection to your detective, John Orlando. That's important. Yes. To have those uh, themes and those that interweaving going in and out. Wonderful. So what is next for Jessica Patch? 
Well, right now I am working on Tiberius Granger's story. He is one of the SCU FBI agents. He brings some of the comedic relief to the darker undertone, so you get a lot of laughs from him in <laughs> Her Darkest Secret. You see a little more um, dimension in him in the this next book with A Cry in the Dark, and then this will be his story and it'll be the last book in the SCU series. So I'm excited. I've got I've got to get that done. I'm on deadline. <laughs> <laughs> Those deadlines, I tell you. Now this yeah. one's this one's Go set in the deep in the Kentucky Hills. What made you want to set your stories there? You know, I didn't want to set the story there. I wanted to set the story where I was more familiar, but I just couldn't get away from the Kentucky holler. And I just feel like that was just the Lord's, you know, divine guidance there leading me to go. And I'm glad that I, that I didn't, you know, buck it too long because <laughs> it turns out that the holler becomes its own kind of character or entity and really lends to that spiritual darkness. I'm not saying that every holler is that way, but in this holler, <laughs> it, it, it is a very spiritually dark place. And I think it really lended well to the story. So, it, and it was interesting researching hollers and watching YouTubes, getting in touch with uh, Shane Simmons, who does Hillbilly Talk with Shane and Melody. And he was uh, a wealth of great information and helped me out tremendously. So it, that was very interesting to research. That is neat. So are there, you know, legends involved with some of the haulers or what is it? Are there, is there like folklore involved or? Um, in, not particularly in this story, um, but there is a lot of folklore um, depending on where you are, whether it's West Virginia or Kentucky. And that's really interesting, urban legends, folklore. In this story, it's just about a community of people who have their own way of doing things, which is very somewhat similar to the Hollers. They they have their own way, um, their own brand of justice, so to speak, at least here in this Holler. And it's far enough back. Hollers are set up in the mountains. There's just this one way in. And so it's a really great setting to isolate your characters and put them in a place where, you know, there's really not, you know, there's one way out. That's it, you know? Mm -hmm, <laughs> so, mm -hmm. and so it really lended well for for this story uh, but in this particular there's no urban legend it's just a really great setting <laughs> yeah it sounds spooky Ooh. and I'm always telling folks to to make sure your setting connects as well and so I'm always interested in asking authors why they chose a particular setting and you've shown here that it is perfect for this story wouldn't be as effective in a bright sunshiny beach town you know it's Absolutely. important yeah so it matches the story so that's an important uh, right tip. Yeah, definitely. Well, so imagine you have a new writer in front of you who is just starting out on this writing journey and might have, you know, started with some misconceptions like it is going to happen overnight. The first book I write will be published immediately. <laughs> so you want what? me to somebody's hopes here is that what you're saying <laughs> yeah that but maybe give some advice how would you advise a new writer who might be you know scratching their head saying hey this isn't going as I thought it would go yeah it doesn't uh, I really think the best advice in that case is you just have to trust the Lord if you know that you know that you know that God has called you to write for publication 
then you can trust that he is going to fulfill that promise. And it's going to come by a way that you never expected. Um, I didn't necessarily expect to be writing um, with love inspired suspense. Um, they're, they're not quite as dark books. And that's what was in my head. And I walked into that door. And had I not taken a detour, so to speak, I probably wouldn't be writing for their trade line right now. I mean, I might, but I can't say that. And, you know, literally, I had been rejected a whole lot because the stories are are darker um, subject matter to explore. And I had a lot of rejections and I thought, maybe I'm just not going to be able to do this. But Lord, I just I just know that you've told me this. And sure enough, this newish imprint opens up. And I think of the Israelites where they crossed the Red Sea. And then in Psalm, in one of the Psalms, it says that they went across by a path that they did not know was there. And that's how I felt. I felt like God just opened up the sea of obstacles and there was a path that I didn't know was there. And so I would tell new writers that there is a path that you may not see, but when the time is right, God is going to blow that east wind and it's going to part and you're going to walk through. So you can trust him to fulfill it in his time. Just be patient and grow closer to him during that time. Let it be a growing um, and a humbling time to spend with him. I loved my journey. I I really got to know the Lord in ways that I hadn't before. I learned to rely on him in ways I hadn't before. And so I enjoyed the waiting time and the journey. Yes, I got impatient at times like anybody else, but it's just the wilderness time where he's building and preparing. The wilderness is not a bad place to be. Yes, Jesus went through the wilderness, so we should too. (laughs) That's right. He built a nation in the wilderness. You know, for 40 years, he built a nation and prepared them um, and did miracles for them. It was a... It was a, the wilderness is a building and a, and a preparing place. And so I always say, don't shy away from that. Just spend your time in the wilderness and promise land will come. <laughs> yeah. How important is community for the writers out there, whether they're just getting started or like us, you know, established writers? How, how important is community? Oh, it is. It is vital. If you, I mean, my opinion, it's vital. Uh, you can write a book alone, but you don't have to. And it's so nice to have you you create this this community, which back in the day we were blogging and we were we, we were just talking about this, Ruth, how mm-hmm. we were um, commenting on each other's blogs and building friendships and going to conferences. But you didn't have to spend the money to go to a conference. You could meet people um, through social media. And, you know, some of my closest friends in the whole world live states away. And we talk through Voxer app and we text and we brainstorm and we talk each other off the ledge and Mm -hmm. we give each other hope and encouragement. And writers just get each other in a way that sometimes non-writers don't. And they have some advice that you can't necessarily get from others. So I would say find your people, get into a community of writers who, who can encourage you and who you can encourage. Whether You don't have to critique their work, but it's just good to have friendships in the writing world. That is so true. You do write a book by yourself, but you don't have to stay there. That's right. And you're an important example of that. Jessica Arpach, thank you so much for joining me today to chat about your book and about writing and your journey, and most importantly, about your faith in God. That's just so inspiring. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I have loved being here. Absolutely. And when your next book comes out, we'll definitely get together again and talk more. Are there any, one last question, are there any documentaries that you're currently watching that just have you enthralled? 
Well, I just finished the Murdoch. Yes. Like everybody else. I was happy you said that. <laughs> everybody else is watching it. I figured I, I will too. So that's um, that's the last thing that I, I watched. I've been, I'm on deadline. So I save all the things up for when I'm in between books. And then I just binge like a hermit. <laughs> <laughs> me too. And that's another thing we have in common. Well, again, thank you so much for joining me and to encourage my listeners. Thank you. Wasn't that great to listen to Jessica R. Patch talk about her new book and her writing journey? And she's so inspirational when she, especially when she talks about how she is passionate about putting Christian principles in her psychological thrillers. Yes, that is possible. I enjoy talking with her because she's so motivational. And I can't wait to read her new book, A Cry in the Dark. For more about Jessica, go to her website, jessicarpatch.com. And you can sign up for her newsletter yay! and learn more about her books. I'm so glad you joined me today. And I hope that you've been blessed by listening to Jessica and her story. And remember, sometimes the writing journey takes a while, but that's okay. Be patient, embrace the journey, and keep going forward one step at a time. And until next time, God bless.